Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
peace and God. I'm Norman Turali Bay, Crystal City Console, Aboriginal Latin Media, Canadian Engineer, and host also me, Avenue to Venice, Vina, Janessa, Jair, Tanya Chase, Peace to the Queen. And the topic today, once again, will be the key to dynasty in America, part two. Last week, we had Brother Omar Kita on. Him and Tanya went in on some knowledge that is very seldom heard by other people, especially in history. Today, we're going to continue that because of... uh, Discussions needed to be have needed to have more knowledge added to it that people didn't even know of the uh, travels of our people before 1492. Nelson Luther was in America, the richest man in America. And also the richest man in the East is ancient times. So we had always learned that Nasmusa just was in the East. Maybe I came up from Ghana into Egypt or whatever, or into the Kelic area, converted to Islam, and brought a lot of gold, and that's all they gave us. But there was so much more to the man in terms of his travels and coming across the water. So we're going to continue that today, get deeper, and reconnect to this connection that's been injected upon us. Is anybody here on the call with me right now? I'm here. <laughs> I'm just waiting on. <laughs> Peace. I'm just waiting on um, Omar to join us. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Also, again, last week, the queen went in, and it's not that I implore all of you to retake and intake that the queen is uh, bringing to us right now. So I really have to understand that you've been lied to on a large scale, so you're not going to hear your people that you put in power Speaking this, what keeps them in power is what you don't know. So you can't act or move on anything you don't know. And this is the case here. And not only Nancy Musa, but others that came across the water because it was one empire and also in the Pacific Ocean. There's so much more that's been hidden from you that has been brought to the table by the queen and myself to show and prove, not just leave you in a state of belief, but give you actual facts that show and prove beyond a reasonable doubt that we were here long before 1 BC. And now you have uh, nations that you thought were restricted to the east and what's called Africa today, these nations being in the west and being called other names like Maya. And, you know, we're told the Maya is extinct. 
But it goes all the way back to the same thing with the dead languages, Latin being our language here. And Negro meaning dead. These people that are calling themselves Negro or African-American now, the bloodline of our people spoke Latin. And so there were nations over here, Greek or Greece, Turkey, all of these uh, are now nation states in the United Nations and are taught in school that these are the original or the only places that were named this. But we have said Aguita de Rey, land of Egyptian kings in Brazil, the queen geographically pinpointed the Bible to North and South America and places such as Caucasus Mountains, Mecca, Kemet, then reconnected to the West. So we think about all of the lectures and all of the knowledge that has been put forth, and that has been incomplete. So that proof is in the pudding because of the fact that people gave what they said was it and was complete in terms of them giving us knowledge that we had never heard before. And it was incomplete. So as we said before, once the doctrine of discovery has been exposed as a lie from the United Nations, then everything else behind it is a lie. It has to be restored back to its proper position in place, as do we. So we'll never, we'll never be able to do that if we don't know who we are and how long that we have been who we are. And that we raise and civilize the same people that today say we have slave names. And we don't. See, the dynasty is very, very, very deep. And just like the first time I took this knowledge to today's Africa, to my brothers in Nigeria, I roused a live wire and reconnected with them knowledge of the Moors. Indeed, this is the same connection. We have a member of the Kita dynasty, and we can reconnect with him. Knowledge that's even been withheld from him. But they're writing books about it, so we're not just in the air in it. Now, we've been talking about it a long time, but now they're writing books about it. Even claiming. They were here before 1492 now. And our knowledge is factual. So we restore that. We give that back to you. And we ask that you pass it on to the, up to the next person, next man, next woman, so that they can all be at the same frequency. Because this is ridiculous, having to relearn knowledge 
or learn knowledge after we get to be 25, 30 years old that we could have learned as children. So right now, the admiration will go to the queen and any queen who has this knowledge and can give it to their children. That is the best weapon that we have, that the children can get this knowledge and grow up with it and apply it as adults. And I have to spend time relearning relearning everything and uh, having to erase lies. Nobody, nobody should be lied to. And if people have to lie to you to stay in power, it lets me know that once those lies fall, so will they. We guarantee you that. Brother Omar will be here and uh, he has knowledge also. So when we get that together, we put all that together with the knowledge we have from here in the West, we all can come to a better understanding of what's been removed. And unlike people in uh, other venues, we choose not to argue because my piece of the puzzle goes with your piece of the puzzle that we have to put back together. So we found that people were making money, taking two pieces of the puzzle and arguing over it was more beneficial to their pocket than to our people. Some of our people are still in a state of confusion just from the debates, arguing about over who was right and who was wrong. So we're not going to have that. Because that doesn't make too much sense. Once again, Crystal City Council, Aboriginal United Media, the key to dynasty in America. Right now, Brother Omar comes, he will be here. We're going to ask the Queen to brief us for five minutes. Until he gets here, on some knowledge about the Keita dynasty in the West. Also, not only the Keita dynasty, but remember the Queen telling me about Malinka and Landinka, which she went into that a little bit last week. And everything, when it was reconnected, it was right, so you weren't left wondering. But right, right at this point, we're privileged to have the honor to have the Optimus Divinity Genesis Chair, trying to chase going in hard like she is. And on Facebook, her posts have the proof so you can see them. Also, an intellectuals group, you can see the post 
of Tanya Chase. You punch that into your Facebook and just read. Read and watch because we're concentrating just on that. We're concentrating just on reconnecting the West with the East, not just us coming from the East. We're showing through that we've been here long before 1492. Abner, Divinity, Venice, again, is your next of Tanya Chase. Can you give us a, a brief overview of what we what we will be talking about today? Um, I'm going to be touching. On, I'm going to be um going over different stuff, but um, mainly I'm going to be asking Omar, you know, some questions that I had, you know, about um, Mali and the Kita Dynasty. Um, just you know, just some basic questions, and then I'll go into the um, I'll go into a little bit of history that I wanted to share with him that you know he probably don't know about. But I was going to ask anyone on the call, did they have any um, questions that they want to ask? Because I have quite a few questions. And I know Brother Omar, he's running uh, He's running late. He had to um, make a he had to make a stop, but he will be on. No doubt. No doubt. It's so much better. See, because that's that's the cipher here. The, the man is the bloodline of who we talking about. So to have him here with us to go over this is one of the greatest accomplishments. And we have to also have great gratitude to you for that because now we can speak to a member of the family that we've been speaking about all this time. And reconnect all that. No one, no one is going to deny the, their greatness, but they will acknowledge if their greatness has been hidden from them. So, we're talking about people that had boats. I had acquired uh, some some information from some people in uh, the West Coast, and they had sent me stuff. Showing and proving uh, that we had a lot of boats coming back and forth, and before the Europeans, we was traveling across the water. Now, as history has given, lies have not shown people from the East, beside a European, able to uh, cross the ocean. And maybe that the first time that this was, was Columbus with 1492. But uh, Nino and all of them knew that the ocean was crossed before 1492. And they showed Columbus how to get over here. And went back and they killed him because he wouldn't share his gold. But these were black people. Moors. Who will be called black today. And they were traveling back and forth the whole time. Also from South America. Uh, so my computer, I don't have that right now. 
with those uh, pictures. I think I got that from uh, brother here, brother in the West Coast. And he said he got he had got that from some, some Masonic brothers. So they be holding this stuff. They know it. And it's beyond a reasonable doubt show that we had boats and we were able to travel across the ocean. And we took those boats over into Europe, I guess, and built them there for them to cross the ocean. But this would give us too much credit. And it would make the people who falsely call themselves Caucasians and they look real bad. But they keep it in the, in the in the temple what I'm talking about. So for this to be open to the public, we show uh great disdain, disrespect, and uh, lack of moral integrity by anyone who would attack uh, the people that raised and civilized them. It would be just like attacking your mother or your father. So once that gets eliminated, the religious lie of uh, our people not being created until Ham was cursed and all that to create a false illusion of a pale-skinned man being God, being superior, and being first. We've got a lot more to overcome than this. And then when that gets knocked down, when we bring this knowledge to the table, it scares people. We just saw the death of Prince. And we know this Prince was getting a little loose, speaking about the Illuminati and chemtrails and all that, and if Donald Trump could be president, so could the musicians. They have a lot of influence over the public. Remember Sinead O'Connor and what she did on Saturday Night Live. She was so uh, incensed and adamant about the crookedness of the Catholic Church she took it to Saturday Night Live and did something bad to the Pope's picture and all that while she was singing. And oh, my oh, you hear nothing about it no more. But she made a statement, which is all she cared about. She didn't care about her money or nothing like that. So when you see women also, because they've been oppressed far more than the men, when you see women throwing away careers just to make a statement, one must stop and take heed to that. Because, shoot, she's a millionaire, billionaire. And she got up there and went right at the, right at the post. And that's where all these lies are coming from. So we ready for this. We're ready for this. We're ready to bring this knowledge out and ask everyone to share this knowledge. Feel me.
so that you can ask the people who know this knowledge and have been ruling you, hiding it from you, how could you speak about subjects and leave this out to keep the power going? Knowledge is power. That is, word is born. And lack of knowledge helps people rule people and fool them to rule them and use them like tools, screwdrivers, hammers. Right now we live in two locations. Fort Green, Brooklyn. Peace of Peace of Fort Green. And now I'm on where I? I'm in, I'm on Lasada between Avenue C and D on the Lower East Side. So we have a lot of moors over here on LES. Lasada is a more is a city in uh, Puerto Rico. Some of the mountains, the people in from Lacerda, from my complexion. Over here where I'm at, the people in my complexion, but they speak Spanish. So it's very interesting when I talk with them because they remember who we were. And we may not know that sometimes because we don't speak the same language. A lot of us don't speak Spanish, but in conversations, they know who they are and know the origin of the language even if they're speaking. Very powerful place to be, especially with this knowledge that we have to give back to them. So you may not find us in Southampton or Sag Harbor, because that's where they know what we're talking about. But they may have to hide that to keep their money, keep their power, keep the people taking care of them. They may find me Lower East Side, downtown, West Side, Brooklyn, East New York. They may find me places like that. Because that's where the people, that's where the people have been, uh, Tooled and ruled and tooled, and they support the church on every corner like a liquor store. So there's where we attack. People that's in the high places, those Negroes know what I'm talking about. But they've been uh, assigned not to participate in anything having to do with giving knowledge back in the correct way to the people, just to follow a script. Do and say what they're told. And if not, they will get eliminated. Once again, just like Sinead O'Connor, it even could happen to a Caucasian woman. She could be on top of the world one day, come on television, disrespect the Pope, and nobody ever hear you again. We found uh, also Columbia, 
We also mention the Kalima Nation all the time. You have this title on the same. Musica Nation. These all precede pre-Columbian. When you look in your search engine for pre-Columbian civilization, how would you be able to tell me what date when they said that they discovered this in 1492? So it's atrocious for them to try to date anything that they said they didn't learn about until 1492. Then once, once it's shown to them, well, all of a sudden they got dates. They try to mark. You can't date anything because you didn't see nothing before 1492. You can't even tell how long we was over here if someone didn't get here until a certain time. What I will say is that in defense of my people was that whoever was in the East that came over to the West, they wasn't coming over here exploring or they knew what they was coming to see or who they would find when they got here because it was well established long ago, but they wouldn't ever, ever try to tell you that anything came from the West first. Except for the Moors said it came from the West. So the Moors came from the West, how did they get to the East? So anyone who came back was not coming into no ocean that they were told was flat or anything like that. They knew that there was the other half of the empire was in the West, and they were just going to meet their family. Just like if your family live across town, our family just lived across the water. But we was one the whole time. They even had a, they even have a Christ, a Christ in Brazil, that still today everybody goes and is a, a Christos Negros. So the Black Christ, that's his name. And I, if there was, that's a fool. They put Jesus with it, and that's the one that our people would uh, worship it for a very long time, before even 324 A.D., before Iosius. Now, I don't bring that up a lot because the knowledge that I have about the matriarchy being taken down all falls in line with any type of worship of a male god. So I know that that came after the matriarchy stuff. And we did a good class on that. We went in extensively on the Sibyls and Amen taking these Sibyls down. It's like today, people say Amen in church. So all the classes that we have previous to this, this information is being discussed, factually, sound, right, and exact. And that's there for you for free of all, of course. You can download. Just like today's class will be free to download about an hour after it's over. And the way this one looks, 
this situation that we have here, we would like to have as much time as we can have in these discussions with Brother Omar. Because I can't tell you how much this means to what we're doing and what we are bringing to the table. This includes for Horace Butler, too. Brother George Bond, we uh, are able to give this knowledge. And then we find our people in the East have not been given this knowledge, but once they get it, they get, it reconnects. Like I said, it's pieces of the puzzle. Our uh, our past has been passed over. If you can imagine me taking like a bottle and our 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 facts being like, let's say, a bottle, a beer bottle, and you throw that beer bottle on the ground and smash it, and if I ask you to put that beer bottle back together, crystal for crystal, it will be very difficult. And this is what we have to do here. This is what we're doing. Because that's what they did to our facts. They threw them down like a bottle and smashed them on the ground, made it into powder. So we have to take granule by granule and put it back together, each little piece of powder. But we're building it back. And that is very, very shivering or as people look at like they're not looking. I've sat here, and, and if y'all, and whoever's listening, that is uh, like like trying to hear this to spy, okay. You have sat here and listened <laughs> to the queen convey information that is very secretive that nobody told her. And I know that has y'all messed up because of the fact that usually it would be somebody that you told something and they didn't keep them as the word. But when you have light like that, coming in and somebody is conveying this light without being previously informed, then you have to open your eyes and your ears to that because you want to know how does she know this? How does he know this? How does she coming up with that? Because it's right. It's not, so we don't have a lot of it just goes back to the Ohashi class. You don't have no one responding. You don't have no one questioning it or trying to argue it down because it'll make it worse. If I was on the side listening and I try to come in here and argue some points, well, what's that going to do? Queen's going to go in deeper. And me too. And um, so they keep quiet. So the more they try to pick at it, the more knowledge is going to be revealed they don't want you to know. That's going to happen anyway. But they might bring up a point. You know, somebody is is, is uh, trying to debate something, and then they'll bring up a point, 
got a heart hurting real bad. Yeah, hold on one second. May 1st. Okay, that's cool. Thank you very much, my brother. Take care. Appreciate you. So this is what we're going through. And I'm I'm honored to be able to be here at this time because of this. We have uh, airplanes. And this goes back to, to the Sumerians. And I want to let y'all know if there are no aliens, let me put a question out there. If the Anunnaki doesn't exist, if a Lil and a New and all of that don't exist, why is it in the second degree of the fellowship craft? In the Masonic books, why is it in there if this doesn't exist? It's not just something. It's not just something that somebody made up in their head. It's ancient knowledge. And the Sumerians themselves, um, we have evidence of the Sumerians being able to cross oceans themselves. Sumerians and people from that continent. The Sumerians. And these people from um, the nations from South America, they had Hello? this knowledge that was crazy. Yeah, is Brother Omar here? Yeah, he yeah he's here. Yeah, yeah, I'm here, Indeed. brother. They're going to yield the floor right away to Brother Omar. And I've been forbidden from getting to this. See, time to chase peace to Brother Omar. Peace, we yield the floor right man. away. Indeed, God, indeed. So happy to have you. Mm. Honored to be here with you. Uh, it's an honor to be here with you too, God. Hey, Omar, how are you? I'm fine. How's everything? Everything is good. Uh, um, what did you think about, like, the information I showed you? Yeah, the information like, is very intriguing and interesting. Like, you know, um, it's some new information I never heard before. You know, I mean, like, I, it's not like I heard about, I mean, I heard about, you know, Abu, Abu Qadi Kida, um, coming around across the shores of South America, but, you know, I wasn't too sure exactly where his family are uh, intermingled with and stuff. So by me hearing this information for the first time, it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing. The bridges that gap. Okay. Did you have any, um, did you have any questions? Like anything, uh, like, stick out to you, like. Yeah, like, this is something I got. One question I got to ask. that I had, uh, it's uh, okay, because when I was reading the information, I was, I was I checked out the video too from Doctor Ivan Van Sotima, right? Yeah, certainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good guy, man. He has profound information. He was talking about the All Max, and he was talking about how one of the All Max uh, statues, I guess, they had mm-hmm. blades in their hair, but it's not uh-huh. shown to the public. Mhm. Correct. Yeah, it's not shown to the public and stuff. Uh, would you have any information on that, on the statue that had the brazen in here? I do. I don't have it right. Uh, I do. I don't have it right in front of me, but um, right. I remember when those statues, they was here in D.C. at the Smithsonian, and um, we went and we saw them, but they never showed us the back of the head, the cornrows. Oh, wow. 
right? They we never saw the back. Um, um, that was years ago. That was like when I was younger. Like just recently, I say within the last year or so, I got to see the back that they were cornrows. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just that's so profound and stuff, you know, and try to hide it and stuff. You know, you know how they are. You know, they're not responsible to tell our history. Only people are responsible is us. So. Yeah. Mhm. Um. Did you and get? Then, a, now, go ahead. Did, continue. Um. Did you get a chance to like? Did you get a chance to look over the questions that um that I sent you? Yeah, I got a chance to look at it. I was able to do some some things and stuff because you know I have my little situation here. But yeah, I was able to. Okay. All right. Well, let me get started. Okay. The first question I want to ask is like, um, what is the family? What is the family structure like? Like, what is the key to family structure like? Like, is um, like who like who runs the household? Is it, is it the mom? Does is she does she run the house? Um, is she is like is she head of the household? Is it dad? Is it both? Like just explain to me how the typical key to family structure is. Or the, the the typical key the key to family household is ran, like the well, parents and children. Mm-hmm. I mean the traditional. Uh, I mean, I'm not even just gonna say Kita, because usually most most Africans, but you know, in the day and time, but usually, you know, it's the you know the husband is the provider, of course, and um, you know, and the wife, uh, you know, take care of the kids and she's the teacher of the children, you know, but I mean, that, those are that's like the traditional approach, but you know, these days, like we're in a new day and time, which you know, um, women play a part too. And, uh, you know, some men can uh, find jobs or can provide for their families, like, too. So the woman has to go take charge, take that charge, too. So, I mean, that's, like, the traditional aspect. I'm not just going to apply it to Kita because, you know, that's, like, the, the, the traditional way. Usually the man of the house and then, you know, the woman takes care of the kids and stuff, you know. And roughly, like, how many, like, how many children, like, how many children would a traditional family have? Um... It really depends because you got ones that just have one spouse. You got ones that practice uh, polygamy. So, I mean, in my case, I don't, I didn't come from, um, I mean, yes, I came from a polygamous background. I mean, that my, my grandfather practiced polygamy, but as of um, myself and my household here in, 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 the, in the States, we didn't practice polygamy. It just you know, uh, one one on one spouse, and I come from uh, a household. There's seven of us, you know, and you know I have a little brother and a little sister too, but there's seven. But I have an uncle. He has uh, two spouses, and he has about twenty one twenty one kids. But again, when you have that many kids, you gotta be financially stable because you know. Kids are very expensive, so you just can't grab yourself uh, more than one wife and just think that you can just have all these kids and not take care of them because it's your responsibility. It's, you know, it's your turn to responsibility. You know, that's what responsibility is. So it's very uh, important that when you come from uh, a polygamous background to, you know, take care of your kids because your kids is your future because they are a representation of you. If you're not doing it right, 
they grow up, they're not going to do it right neither. So they got to teach. So. Okay. And I do, like, do you, um, because that's like a big topic. That's like, that's starting to become a big topic, you know, here in the African-American community in America. Like, do you recommend, like, uh, like, like having just like a single, like a single family household, like where it's just the, just the mom or just the dad, or do you? I mean, I look at it. I look at it like this because you got a lot of people, right? They'll say that they're not down for polygamy. They're like, oh, how can you be with uh, more than one person? That's not right. Like we have to understand that we are genetically connected to our ancestors. Anything we do here, we did thousands of years ago. Prime examples. One, what's the difference between a man or a woman or African American male, African American uh, female, having more than one baby father or baby mother, and they're not married, but they have more than one uh, one kid, compared to an African having more than one spouse and having many children? There's no difference. Only difference is one is traditional on uh, on a marriage tip. Another one is not on the traditional on the marriage tip, it's on the partnership. Because what it is that America told us that it was wrong. But in America you have a freedom of religion. So as long as you're not married under America's law, you can be married in a in a different law not uh tied in with America. So in this case, it's kinda of hard to say. Because it really depends on the individual, if the person is financially stable. If the person is not financially stable, I do not recommend that person to get more than uh, one wife. Because that would be a burden. And then on top of that is, you know, when you have these kids, you got to take care of the kids. And if you, if you can't take care of the kids, why are you over here having more than one wife? It's not right. But if you are financially stable, then you could do that. Prime example, like Brother Polite, he got more than uh, one wife. You know, a lot of people criticize him and says, you know, why, why is he doing that? It's wrong and, and it's foul. But, you know, again, a guy is financially stable. He can do that. Uh, Dr. York had more than one wife. Elijah Muhammad had more than one wife. All the people I just gave you uh, the names for, all these men were financially stable. And they were able to take care of the kids. And not just the kids, also the spouses also. Another prime example of how we're connected with the ancestors are, uh, we like to wear fancy stuff. Like we get the fly Jordans, we get the, the rings. Even if someone could be in poverty conditions, they'll still manage to get like a necklace and stuff. Well, Mansa Musa was depicted with uh, bracelets, rings, gold crowns, and gold chairs. Um, what else? Oh, the Kemetic Kings was buried uh, with gold because the, the gold that uh, the gold represented of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, still, uh, I mean, uh, ever living. Because what happened was in today's society, when someone passes on to the next life, we tend to attend his funerals. And when we attend his funerals, um, we'll see him in a dead state. And that leaves an impression on the mind. That's like the last thing you want to see your friend in, in that kind of state. So what the Dominican kings did was when someone passed on to the next life, they didn't show the, the physical death. They showed the gold. The, the, the gold represented the sun. 
So it left them with a, a positive impression. I'll give you another else too. Uh, for another example, we have a lot of uh, teenage uh, women that get that begot children at a young age. America told you that uh, you're in a daughter at 18, but according to African tradition, when you get to the menstrual cycle, I mean, usually it could be 12, 13 years old and stuff. They say that you're an adult. And those tribe women have kids at a young age, too. At 12 so again, that's why sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. So Not all the time. Depends on what, what tribe and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's not really no difference and stuff. We're just imitating our ancestors. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this. Okay, so right. if some of them do have, they get pregnant, they have the child at, I mean, they get pregnant at 12 and 13. Were they prepared before they got pregnant on, like, what to, like, how to be a mother, how to run a household? Like, how early on, like, how early on are the girls prepared to take on, like, the womanly duties? Like, what age do it start? Um, like, what age start? It could be, if I'm not mistaken, 14, 15 years old. I could be wrong, but mostly 14, 15 years old. And what happens is sometimes uh, the way the tribes work, I mean, back in those, like, a thousand years ago, let's say if, if, let's say if I was your father, right, and you're my daughter, and let's say we had a confrontation with another tribe to prevent uh, further confrontations, what happens is I'll take you as my daughter, and I'll, take the, I'll talk to the king or, or the chief from that other tribe, and he'll have his son. And they'll both intermarry, so no longer there's no no longer conflict. Because they both are sharing the same family. Okay. Um, now you mentioned inter. You mentioned, you mentioned um, intermarry. When we say intermarry, like you talking about like with a with like with the next like with the next closest tribe. Like how far does yeah, yeah how, how far, far does what? intermarry go? Like, if, if you're a cheater, can you marry a Caucasian person? Uh, I mean, in today's time, they do. For me, I don't. I don't whatsoever. I mean, that's, you know, I have a particular taste. I follow the universal code. If you look at animals today, you don't see tigers having babies with bears. You don't see cubs. I mean, you don't see uh, pandas having babies with donkeys. You don't see horses having babies with dogs. You know, we are the only species that don't follow universal code, and this is why we have all these diseases and all these deformities and stuff. We don't uh, follow that, you know. So for me personally, per se, I'll just, I just stick to my own. That's just me. But I can't speak for everybody else because, again, some people fall in love, and, you know, you can't tell them what to do, you know. So... That's just my opinion on it. Um, are the marriages are they arranged marriages? Uh, some are arranged, but in this day and time, they don't really work out as much, you know. So uh, sometimes what they do is they say that if it is arranged and stuff, they'll have the couple like talk on the phone and stuff, or they, I guess get to know each other before they move any further. But even with that, sometimes it doesn't work. So, you know, they have to uh, update that, you know. 
Sometimes, and, yeah, it, it, it doesn't work out most of the time. And, okay, like, because in America, when we get married, we have to go through, uh, we have to go through the court. Right. Certificate. Like, how, like, what's, like, what's the steps? Is it, like, a ceremony? Um, yeah, they have a, a, a ceremony, you know, because, um, you know, I'm getting this, like, a, uh, Islam, uh, like I said, from, from an Islamic background, what they do is uh, they drape in white, they recite the Quran, and you know they have their meeting with both of, of the fathers and stuff. That's uh, giving both of the couples together, and then they have a, a you know a regular traditional marriage. Now they don't uh, get married under American law; they get under the country's law. Like you know how we got the embassies, like from Nigeria, from Ghana, from Guinea, from Angola things like that, they get married under their laws. Like, for instance, uh, Akon, for instance, uh, he's from Senegal, and he's married under Senegalese uh, law. How you know that? Because he says that he has more than one wife. And as we know, in America, you're not allowed to have more than one wife, correct? N- not on not on record, no. <laughs> no, exactly. So, you know, that, that, that just tells you right there that he's not, under, he's not married under American law. He's married under Sikhmangalese law. So that's what happens with the, with the traditional, I mean, with, with, the mar- with the marriages. Okay. And is there um, a dowry? Is there a dowry? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yes, there is a, a dowry. So the groom, the groom has to pay? The groom has to pay the bride's family? For her, like her, no longer being, you know, with her own family, she now will go live with her husband. Is that how? Is that how it is? In most cases, not all the time, but yes. Um. Okay, my next question would be: Do you feel um, like DNA testing um, is? Would be enough or accurate, like to claim, like to claim African descent, or to be accepted, you know, as a fish ukita. Like if I if I go get my DNA test and it comes back, oh, uh, I don't think the DNA test don't even say kita. It'll just probably say like Molly. Right. <laughs> right. And I say, well, you know, I took my DNA test and you know it says I got you know I got Molly in my bloodline. And right. I wanted to actually, you know, be a part of the, the, the tribe. Would they accept me? Right. Or would they be like, no, you have to go through these, uh, the different um, rights? And, you know, like, is there a process? Like, what's the process? Well, for me about DNA testing, I look at it like this. We use the same DNA testing for forensics solving crimes, you know. Uh, without DNA testing, most of these crimes wouldn't have been uh, solved. But again, in that same case, too, you got the good, you got the bad. Like, you got good apples, you got bad apples. You got good trees, you got bad trees. You got good people, you got bad people. So it's your responsibility that whenever you're doing the DNA testing, you have to find out the backgrounds of these uh, companies. So that's why it's kind of hard to decipher, but... um. Well, for me, I think they're pretty accurate. I don't see nothing wrong with it in most cases. Now, if you say, like you said, if you took a DNA test 
and you can't find out you was a Kita or you were Uh Pretty much, you will have to learn the culture and learn the background and speak the language. If you do those three elements, they open. They will. They will open up to you. They open arms. That's just how Africans are. Because Africans are very uh, embracing, especially the ones that want to learn the culture. Very embracing. Um, because that's a big thing. A lot of um, African Americans are going, they're going to get their DNA tested on. They're like, oh, you know, I'm from, I'm from this part of Africa. And then some of them actually want to move and go to Africa. Like, what Like, what do you think will be the proper step? Like, before just packing up and moving to Africa, like, what do you think, like, what do you think are the proper steps? Well, I'm on moving to Africa, or you do, or is it like, like, um, because some people like they be like, I'm tired of America, you know, I'm right. tired of saying, you know, how how we've been treated here. So I'm gonna go to my, you know, my native country, and I'm going right. to live there, and I'm going, you know, right. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to learn the traditions, the customs, the rights. Like, do you think that that's why to just up and just make, you know? That kind of decision. Like, what do you think? Well, like, Stephanie. Well, I, okay, I'll put it like this. Let's say if you live in New York, right? And you have a nine to five. You don't say, hey, I'm going to quit my nine to five. I'm going to go to California. You go to California, then you have no money. You have no place to live. And things like that. So, I tell people. If you're going to go back to your home country, because you understand, a lot of Africans come from Africa to America because they come for the, for the benefits, meaning that the currency that they have with the dollar is 10 times, 20 times more than Africa. So what happens is they come here, they, be, they become your taxi drivers, they become uh, your, your security guards, they become your um, doorbell men, or, do, or they become your waiters. They come, they get the money, and once they get their money, they go and uh, invest back in Africa. They buy land, or they don't buy land, um, they build houses, or they don't build houses, they build jobs. So if you're going to come to Africa, I highly recommend you come with a plan, because you just come here, think that everything's going to be good and everything, that's not what happens, because, again, Africans got their own problems, and in certain countries, they have their own poverty conditions. It's like we have uh, ghettos here, they got ghettos there, too. Just like you have jails uh, here, they got jails, too, but it's 10 times worse. When, for example, if if you told an African who's, who was incarcerated in, jail, in uh, Africa, and they came here in jail, they will tell you that the jail that you guys have here in the States is heaven compared to Africa. Because what happens is when you get incarcerated in Africa... Unless your family provides you food, you will start to death in jail. Wow. Now over here, there you're able to bathe, you're able to you get food accommodation, you're able to go outside. Now that's heaven for an African, you know? It's like, oh wow, I get I not only I get a place to stay, I get some food, I get some I get to shower. That's 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 heaven. So I, I highly recommend if you're gonna come to Africa, just come with a plan. Set up something, even if it's like a hotel. Or you, even if you just rent out a uh, property to other people, have something, provide some services, programs and services and stuff. Just don't move to Africa without a plan, because if you do that, you're going to be highly upset. 
and you're gonna wish that you never you never moved there. So that's my opinion on that. Okay. Now you mentioned um you mentioned like like how Africa, you know, has like the slums and the ghettos and the ghetto too. But like what percentage of Africans live in um the slums or the ghetto? Because growing up all they showed us over here, like especially um is it feed it's it's I think it's feed the children. They just always show like Africans in poverty conditions and you know, the big stomach and the flies and stuff around. Like, what percentage of Africans actually live like that? Because, um, you know, that's the perception. So, and that's the part of the problem why a lot of African Americans, they're like, no, I don't want no, I don't want no parts of that. Like, you know, I don't want no parts of, you know, probably like that. So, what's um, um For what I can remember... I think they did like a um a study back in twenty twelve, they said like about forty two point seven percent. That was like in twenty twelve. You know, I don't know like the actual uh, thing now because as you know, that Africa is uh cultivating again. Again, uh Guinea just recently got to like politics like a couple couple years ago. So um their president, um, Alpha Conde, he's doing a lot of good things. Equatorial uh, Guinea's doing their doing their thing, Angola, um, Kenya, Zimbabwe—they all doing their thing and stuff. So that's what I could tell you on that. From the last time I remember, it was like about forty percent. Okay, so what is the um? What's the average? Like, what would you say is the average? The average like income? You know, is it middle like middle class? What's the average? Mm, I don't know offhand. I want to give you a roundabout number and stuff, but um, it's not it's not too, it's not too many. I will have to get back to you on that one. So, you know, I, I don't want to give you um a made up number on that, but I, I don't think it's that too many. Because again, like I, like I was saying before, a lot of Africans there come over here for the currency. But at the same time, a lot of Africans there they do like make like a lot of uh, inventions and stuff and they get support and stuff. So it it really depends on the individual. It really depends. Okay. And the key that they are a matriarch, um, a matriarch, correct? Correct. So um, who is the the queen of the key? Like where do they get their name from? Um... They got the name Kita from uh, Sunetta Kita, if I'm not mistaken. And um, he was the one that went and took uh, power for the Mali Empire in West Africa, and he went and he spread it throughout, the, throughout West Africa. And where did he get his name from? He got his name from his his father. He got his name from his his father because again they tra- they trace back they let um the descendants see from uh from Bilal from Bilal yeah Bilal the companion of the Prophet Muhammad okay and that's like that's as far as they trace it back it's to him uh 
If I can remember, yes. But I, 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 I will have to go deep and research so I can get back to you on that also. From what I can remember. Because when it's a, well, like when a society is a matriarch, it's their, right. the, the people are named after like whoever the great, their great ancestral mother is. They, that's the name right. that, that's the name they take on. Right. Um. Um, are the Keaches, are they known as Moors or Malian Moors? Because I heard that a lot. You said, what did you hear? Are, yeah, are they, are like, are they, are, are Keaches also known in Africa as Moors or Malian Moors? Um, they, they known as Moors. Oh, they are known as Moors. Mm-hmm. And that's Moors. M O O R, not M U U R. Correct. Okay. Why are they known as Moors? So why are they known as Moors? Yeah. Uh. Again, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I guess it was, I guess it was named after a certain place. Uh, what's the, what's what's that what's that place? Uh. With an M, what's that place? Nervous, ah, I can't even, can't even say it right now. Nervous, ah, it begins with the M. Was it M A U R? Oh, uh, it's about Mauritania. Yes, there you go. Okay, so you, so that's why they um are considered Moors. Pretty much. That's like the ancient. That's one of the ancient words and stuff. Yes, um, we have the Amorites, and the Amorites consider themselves Moors. Well, the Am- the Amorites from the Bible. Yes, the Amorites. Mhm. Amorites from the Bible. Uh, I I don't know because uh because you know I thought that the Amorites were Caucasian people. No, but, the um, Amorites. <laughs> no, the Amorites are black. They're not Caucasian. Hmm. No. And if they're white and they're saying that they are Amorites, they're not the original Amorites. Right, right. Yeah, the Amorites are the Amorites are black. Um, and they call themselves Moors. So, um, I know in certain books, like they'll call every black person a Moor, and then it just depends right. what book you're reading in the time frame. But I, I I kept hearing that you know um, Kedas were Mali and Moors, and also Moor also means seafaring. So I know they traveled the seas a lot and they knew you know the seas and stuff. So right. I thought maybe that's another reason why that they were named um, Moors or they were called Moors. That too, and then um, what can I remember too? Like the word uh, Moor also uh, in Latin. Um, it can mean it means two things. Like you know, I, I speak Spanish also. If you ask any native Spanish speaker, you say, "Oh yeah, get the ready." You're like, "What means? Hey, uh, what are you?" And someone will say, "So Moreno, I'm I'm black." But that's what it mainly means, and also it also means brown hair. That's why sometimes you might see some like light skinned Latinos. And uh, they might have Moreno 
and their last name, but it's talking about their their brown hair. But mostly that is is the is depicted for uh people of uh, darker skin or brown or just say of melanated of melanated skin, mostly. But if you ask any uh, native Spanish speaker, most most of the time they they'll consider us as morenos. Depends on what country. Okay, and you do speak Spanish too. Yeah, I speak fluent Spanish. And you can read Spanish good and everything. Por supuesto, mi mamita. Of course. Okay. Okay. Okay, because a lot of the history is in um is in Spanish. Right. A lot of like a lot of hidden history is also in Spanish. It's in Spanish. It's in um. All different languages. Mm-hmm. So that's good that you can um, speak and read Spanish. That's that's really good. Yeah. Peace to the queen. Yes, I want to um, I want to get this in. Um, Is that how the the Moreno the Moreno used to mean brunette in Europe. Then they changed it over to skin color. But originally, uh, the Moreno the Morena Morena used to mean brunette, and Moreno used to mean brown. Right, they started right. changing it over to black people and stuff um, coming from the Latin. Also, uh, what used to intrigue me about uh, my man Bilal was that they called him a Negro slave. And right. what, I, what I came to realize or, or, or understand was that he had the knowledge before they got the knowledge. I had posted right. a picture one time, and they had Bilal, and I said, see all the people that they got around there looking like they pale? They wasn't really pale. Um, Bilal was uh, called was due to call the press, but he was a Moor, and right. uh, they turned him to be a Negro, and uh, they taught a lot of life. He went through a lot of stuff. But yes, indeed, my brother Bilal had the knowledge of 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 the Islam before they did. Correct. He brought it with him, and they twisted that around and made people look like they were Caucasian. My years ago. No, nah, they were, they were, you know, they were, they were uh, Nubian people. You know, you know how that is. So you know how it is. They have a history of uh, anything that have anything that that depicts Nubian people. They tend to go change it and they alter it and stuff. But you know, they can't. You can't hide the languages. You can't hide the artifacts and stuff. Again, we in the information age and stuff, and things just coming to light. That's a fact. Mhm. And everybody's everybody's waking up. You see, it's not just America. You got some Africans that's waking up. You have uh, people in Brazil waking up. You got people in uh, in Israel waking up. You got people in the UK waking. Everybody's waking up. Have you um have you seen in Brazil, Serengeti Jabaré? It's down like in the middle of Brazil. Um, you know, right off close to the uh, ocean. So the mm-hmm. means uh, land of the Egyptian kings. Right. So we had two empires, and these empires were hidden by the lie of the doctrine of discovery, you feel me? Mm-hmm. We were going back and forth on the water way before 1 B.C. Mm-hmm. And um, trading and everything. We We were civilization, you feel me? Mm-hmm. And they were trying to get civilized. And after they got civilized, they got put on. But at the same time, 
they, they eliminated everything that raised and civilized them by the doctrine of discovery and saying they first got here in 1492 and then so-called bought slaves and stuff like that after 1492. So that's why we got to pay tax. That's why we got to pay taxes over here because this right. is our land. This is our land too. As, mm-hmm. as, as, as it is our land in Africa right now, but our people here, as you know, don't have a nationality. Correct. And that's, that's why they hide that because of the fact that if we have our nationality, we wouldn't have to pay no taxes. Right. And then they would have to pay, to do business on our, our land, they would have to pay us taxes. So this is, uh, goes deep into the Masonic uh, archives, and that was where we found that, you know, the Masons were raised and civilized by us, so the fact that they, to this day, protect us. Right. And uh, I think it was uh, revealed by Brother Asir in public on uh, Asir. He had a, a, a class called The Lies of 1776. Mm-hmm. And um, he really exposed them in public on that. And when you go into the hall, there's a brother sitting there, and they take the initiates in to see that man, he's your father, holding down. And I asked him, if you ask him where did they get the crown from, that shows in fools because they got that crown from us. The Cardona El Sol, the crown of the sun. Right. And we, we gave that to them. So um, they know, but the public doesn't know. And so this is very important, this class, in connecting with you. When I first dealt with this knowledge, I went to a place called Rasta Livewire. That is mm-hmm. uh, brothers from Nigeria. And that's why you see a lot of my comments there. And then I asked them, I said, look, I can't get into these Canadian archives or these European archives like you can. But I'm telling you what I'm saying is there. And they went over there, and everything I would comment about, they would start posting it, you know, because people would be questioning what I'm saying, of course. And they would come right. back with uh, Clyde Winters, Ogi Fudu Anu, and Jade Selassie. And, they, and uh, another brother, too. Um, what was his name? Uh, 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 Nehesi. Nahisi, a brother named Nahisi. And they right. came hard. Because that's the first thing I did when, when, when I, I, I realized what I had. I went, I went to the brothers in Africa and said, look, this is our stuff. Can you help me reconnect this so that we can come, come to a better understanding and not argue over pieces of the puzzle like they do on 125th Street? You feel me? Mm-hmm. 125th Street was all right, but they took pieces of the puzzle. Instead of putting them together like we're doing here today, they would argue over them, and that would make them money. But at the same time, they were disconnecting everybody from our greatness. You feel me? Right. That we had boats that could travel across the water back and forth long before 1 BC, and our people were great, and the key to dynasty was here. Mayor Samusa was here, and they did a lot to hide that. I yield the floor, mm. my brother and my sister. It's true. It's facts. It's true, brother. Queen. Queen Tanya? I'm still here. That, now, that takes me to another point. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> because over here, we are told that we came over here on slave ships. Like, we ain't know nothing about the continent of America until, you know, we came here on slave ships. We ain't, we ain't know how to do nothing. We were savages. We needed right. Christianity to civilize us. 
So, like, is that the same story that's been told, you know, in the schools in Africa? Um, not, uh, I mean, it really depends on where, on what part. But, um, you know what's so sad, too? It's unfortunate that a lot of Africans not even familiarized with the um, Atlantic slave trade. You know, and that's that's terrible, man. That's really bad. A lot of them are not even aware of what's going on and stuff. Um, that's why, like, I'm going around. I'm telling other Africans about this. You no. Know. Yes, you need to know. You you said they aren't aware of the slave trade. Yeah, some of them are not even aware. They never even heard of it. Oh, they never heard of the slave trade. Yeah, they never heard of it. So they don't know that their fellow brothers and sisters um, came over long, long, long ago and are here in America. Yeah. Yeah, some of them don't even know. Wow. So, yeah, it, it, it hurts, too. So when so when they see the Afri- when they see African Americans here, who do they think we are? Uh, they actually don't. I mean, they they see you as some see you as the same. Because again, it's just uh, it's just the cultural differences and stuff. You know, it's just what's being depicted on TV and stuff, and that's the public perception that they have. But again, it's not all Africans. It's just certain months. It's like how you got some ignorant uh people here in the states. You got some ignorant Africans over there. You know, even some of them, I don't even get along with some of those ignorant Africans and stuff. The ones I don't want to build my brothers here in, in the Americas, I don't even I don't even deal with them. I just like move them to the side, you know. Yeah. Peace, peace, brother. Uh, I have a question, dear. Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you, brother. And uh, I just want to text the system. My connection is not so good. I'm guest eleven. There. Can you see what I texted? This is working. Uh, hold on one second. Let me see. Guest guest eleven. Where are you from? Uh, uh, I'm from Los Angeles. You're from Los Angeles? Okay. Yes. My my connection is not so good, so I cannot uh, participate in the, uh, uh, in the in the call. But I just uh, could you see that I texted? Can I talk as a guest? As guest eleven, did this work? Um, I can see it. I mean, I can see it if you type if you type it in. You had a question? No, just I want to see. Um, did the chat work in general? As yeah, sure. I can you... see. I can see you now. Okay. Great. Thank you. So I just wanted, I'm I'm uh, new to the whole system. I want to check it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have, have a great show. Thank you, thanks a lot. You're welcome. All right. Uh, peace, peace. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you, I brother. Hear you. All right. Peace, Omar. I, I spoke to you last time. Uh, I didn't know that you, you spoke maybe, you speak maybe three or four languages. Yeah, I speak um, three or four languages. Yeah, because you know English is not my first language; it's my uh, second. Okay. Do you do you also speak some French? Because you know it's a lot of French going on there too. Do you speak French too? I only know a little bit of words. I don't speak that much French, unfortunately. I'm learning though. I'm learning. Okay. Uh, I heard everything that uh, every you know everyone said. Nobu, uh, Terrell Ali, uh, Tanya. I like what he said about 125th because. Um, like earlier, when when Tanya spoke about the Amorites, one thing that right. they do, one thing that they do on 125th, I'm not going to like be condescending towards them, but what they do 
It's like, say in the 1960s or 70s, we weren't born yet. But um, some of those, some of our scholars that were seen as Afrocentric, they just they, they just had like, you know, more of a I'm black and I'm proud type of thing, Africa this. So a lot of a lot of nations that that would, that would be seen as being outside of Africa or in the Middle East or anywhere else, they automatically right. assume they invade as foreign and white, you know. So basically, right. what we can do now, and what makes you so beneficial is if you can speak three or four languages, you can you can look at so many documents for yourself, like firsthand accounts, and get closer to be able to see the languages, you know. Right. Because do right. you are you are you are you familiar with uh, Ifa in Nigeria? Uh, I heard about it, but well, I'm not familiar with that now, and I will have to look up on that knowledge and stuff. Uh, okay, well, it's it's language like if you look at the Hittite language, you can see right. words like they have something they call a gungun, igugun, mm-hmm. and you can actually see that in uh, the similar languages, similar words in the old in, in Hittite. And if you look at Assyrian, you will also see words that you might see in your language that you speak in Mali, you know? So right, I'm just saying right. it's so beneficial to look at languages, too, to break barriers, you know? Right. And, um, uh, oh, I'll let you speak. No, I was saying that languages is the key to break down the, the spell, you know? if you Even if you don't even know languages, if you just take the time to study it and stuff, it'll break down the spell and stuff. You'll, you'll wake up, you know? Right. And going, uh, I, w- I wanted to, I wanted to share a quote with you um, to see what you thought of this. Um, it's, it's, it's a guy. He's one of the ones that played a big role in connecting the Mali Empire over here. We're actually right. both sides of the Atlantic. And this is a quote from his book. It's, it's, his name is Horace Butler. This book is called When Rocks Cry Out. So he says this, The old inhabitants of Mali call themselves Maninka or Mandinka. Mali and Malinka are the Fulani deformations of the word Mandingo and Mandinka respectively. It is not astonishing to find villages in old Mali which have Mali for a name. This name could have only been that of a city. In old Mali, there is one village called Malikoma. So he goes on and on and on, but he talks about uh, Mali Nauco and Mexico. Uh, the translator also explained the word Malinke. I had seen this word while reading uh, Hernan Cortez's letters. It was the name applied to the Aztec woman who, interpret- who interpreted the Aztec language for Cortez. The Spaniards, he goes on and on. They, he says how they, her name, they renamed her Donna Maria, but um, the Aztec people were ter- referred to this native interpreter as La Malinche. The Spaniards reported that it was because the name meant Marina's captain, but the African descendants from Mali, the Aztecs, were simply calling the woman where she was, the Malinke, meaning Mandinka. He, he goes really deep. It's like he, uh, the author's name is uh, Horace Butler. The book is When Rocks Cry Out, but I feel like he adds on to what uh, Ivan Van Sertima was saying, and he takes it back to the Omex. Right. It kind of comes up. That's- Mm-hmm. That's so true. In fact, I was I was listening to his uh his little podcast uh, yesterday last night. Yeah, oh, bro- broadcasting. Uh, no, he was about dropping some profound stuff. Little profound stuff. Uh, I, one thing, one thing that he taught us, cause, cause, cause I, I you know, I, I, I study some of his research. Do you, do you study any Egyptology? Oh, uh, yeah. I study like here and there. If you can, if you can go and 
because uh, the the key to name is before Bilal too. If you can go go into the um, Battle of Kadesh and look at uh, it's, he's one of the fathers of Egyptology, like either uh, Adolf Ehrman or Henry Breasted. But if you can look at the Battle of Kadesh, you will see the name Kita. It'll go real. It'll get deep. It'll get real deep. Okay. I'm definitely gonna look into that, brother. I really appreciate that knowledge, man. And I want to give you props and say I, I appreciate your breakdown on um, polygamy and everything else because I know certain things are hard to explain to people raised in America because of you know the way the way we've been raised over here. So it's hard to explain even how you know a, a, a lot of women I've seen as, as women as soon as they had a period, you know. And that that right. goes back thousands, but I appreciate. It. Are you breaking? No, nah, no problem, no problem. You know, I, like I said, I'm here to bridge the gap. You know, even with the um, like it, it's just so crazy because like you know, I, like I was saying before, everything we're doing now is nothing new. Even from like the the twerking and from the body paint and stuff, a lot of people are like, oh, what the hell, you know? So I'm like, we've been we've been doing this, but I mean that again, the traditional dance that we did back home was uh, pretty much was to like entice the men. I mean, to pretty much make them, like, stronger. But it was not like cause now because, I mean, it really depends on what part of Africa because a lot of people might criticize someone walking, like, naked and stuff, whatever, here in, in the States. But in there, they didn't, have a, you know, they didn't have a problem because they've seen it every day. Over here, we don't see it every day. We have clothes on every day. So when you see someone that's, like, half naked, you get your eyes bug out because <laughs> you, don't, you don't see it too often. Compared to like Africa, they 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 see it on a on a consistent basis. It don't bother them, you know. Yeah, yeah, but we all connected, man. Speaking of connections, this this isn't even important. I just want to know if you have it. Do you have Do you have any good connections on Mudcloth? Do I have any connections with what? You have any good connections on like Mudcloth from Miley? Dogon? Uh, the Dogon. In fact, I have some some relatives that that are Dogons. Do you do you have uh, decent connections on like the clothes, mud cloth, and you know, because you know how they wear mud cloth somewhere the Fulani. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, I can find out and ask. I haven't asked and stuff. I can definitely find out and ask because I know I, I had a, a relative. He was breaking down for me. Um, he was telling me that uh, you know, the Dolgans and Mandinga were one, and you know, I didn't know that. You know, they they were one. They were one people. And then you know they separated eventually, but they're they're still they're still one. They still consider each other family. Definitely, you know, yeah. I, I I agree with that, and I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Nah, no problem. I appreciate you, man. Even uh, reaching out to me means a lot, man. I'm honored. And um, I want to ask one more thing because I know you know this. Your, your, a lot of your focus is is is, is business oriented. I wanted to see if. Uh, I know we we spoke on Molly, but when it comes to your vision or you know just your overall business plan or your structure, is there anything you you would like to share? I, I would like to hear that too. Um, yeah, remember like I was saying before, um, I got two apps in the uh, Android and Apple market. I have Black Trade Circle, which is predicated on uh, economic empowerment for for us. Um, you can do a lot of things. I have a we have a loan program which we can give out loans. We have a referral program. If you tell a black business owner, you get five dollars. You tell individuals, you get five cents. We have uh, our own blog talk, which you can set up your own blog talk. Set up a community. 
uh, your bot, you could trade, and we give you like tokens, which is to be uh, for cash value. Mm-hmm. We have that, and we have the um, a modern African, which pretty much is say you want to open up a business, like you say you want to open up like a supermarket, or whatever. We will have people that will fund your business, so you can start your business and stuff. So if you would like more information on that, I highly recommend uh, to text three one zero two seven two. Five four three eight. Let's type the word Mali again. That number is three one zero two seven two five four three eight. And type text the word Mali, and then you get both apps. Appreciate that. I I just wanted you to share because I know it's more listeners, so I just you know I just wanted them to hear what, you know what you stand for too. You know. No, nah, no problem, man. Like I said, you guys are my brothers and sisters, man. We all we got in this day of time, and we're waking up. A lot of Africans uh, they're starting to wake up, and you know. Uh, it's here. The, the time is now because we are in the sun cycle, the information age. Things are things are being put out there because they try to hide, hide these uh this truth for a long time, and now it's coming to light. So it's time for us to really unite and really get things done. That's peace. Right, peace, brother. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Um. I wanted to ask, um, okay, like, how did you know or when did you know that that the African-Americans that are here in America, like, all your, like, all, all your sisters and brothers, like, did you learn that over in Africa, like, before you came or when you came here? Or was it when you came here and it was like, oh, these, it's like, these are my brothers and sisters, the same people. Like, when you saw them, like, how did you know? Well, I mean... I went to school with uh, predominantly African-Americans, you know. And it's a funny thing that you say that. It's because I remember when I used to go to school, a lot of people didn't know I was African. And (laughs) they didn't know know I was African. They look at me, you know, they're like, ah, he's he's a brother. It wasn't until my mother comes to school, my father comes to school, that I was a nutthead. I used to get in trouble and stuff in school. Um, We started talking my native tongue, and all the kids would look at me like, Yo, I thought you was uh, black. I'm like, I am. <laughs> They're like, nah. You, well, what, what language is that you speaking? <laughs> I'm like, it's um, it's Mandy. You're like, nah, man. Nah. Yo, you you African? You're like, yeah. So they have like a public perception on what TV show with the Somalians with the big big heads and the pot bellies and stuff. Yeah. And they used to make fun of me. <laughs> they used to make fun of me. And it was so bad that I kind of refused to speak my native tongue for some time so I could just, like, not let people know because I used to get, like, picked on. This would be an African, I used to get picked on. But um, it wasn't until, like, I got to consciousness, like, 2007. And uh, when I got to consciousness, I kind of woke up. I'm like, yo, these are my brothers and sisters, you know. So, I mean, my whole life, you know, I grew up with African-Americans. I mean, like, if I got in the car today, if I went to, with three boys and three girls to get pulled over, the guy doesn't um, say, oh, since you're African, um, you guys is not the same. I mean, but sometimes they say, because I got the last thing, had the last thing, Kita, they'll look at it and say, wait a minute, you, you, you're not a John Singh, you're not a Williams, why are you, why are you with him? You know, and I got to sit there and go to detail and stop messing with me more, but, you know, guys are my family. It's just that what happened is that, uh, you know, both sides got brainwashed because 
America's had like almost four four to five hundred years of slavery, and the Africans had sixteen hundred years of slavery, and to this day they're still uh, slaving people, you know. And um, I'm glad that we have the internet era, which we can look up things, see truth. Because at one time we had to depend on them, the Western uh, scholars, to go get their books, but now we don't have to do that no more. We got like YouTube, we got things like Google and stuff. We could uh, live stream, you know. But that's my thing on that. So. You guys are always, always my family, you know. I can't see myself with no other people besides my own. Yeah. Um, now, you do know that the transatlantic slave trade, that is up for debate because a lot of, especially Moors, they're saying that that didn't happen. That was a part of the lie, you know, that we came over here on slave ships and, you know, we were savages, so... From what I was looking at, there wasn't, it wasn't a slave trade how they teach it in school. Right. There were war, they're like, there were wars and there were prisons of wars, but it wasn't a slave trade like, like how, how we're taught. Like we are, like over here in America in school, they, they was like, you came from slaves, you came from slaves, you came from slaves. Right. We, 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 you know, we get that in school. No, your, your descendants, they came from slaves, like, oh, like, oh. Like every grade level, so it's heavy right. brainwashing through schools, um, you know, through media, and if your family don't know, if you try to tell them, oh no, we weren't all slaves, you know, we came from kings and queens, and we built the pyramids, we did this, we did this, they're like, no, we were slaves. They will fight you, like your own family will fight you on it. They be like, oh, no, wow. mm-hmm. they be like, no, we came over here on slave ships, we were slaves. Like it's no, like you can't. Just tell everybody, you know how great, how you know how great they are. They they, they can't accept it because right. the brainwashing is so thick. And if and if and if it's in a book, it must be right. And the teacher is teaching it, it must be right. And right. some some you know some people that's just how they are. But yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. Um, it's heavy brainwashing. And the thing with that, the slave trade is. You know, from what I looked at, I don't see that that that's being real. You know, to me, you know. Um, right. So, but you said in Africa they don't even teach you about a slave trade at all, anyway, right? No, I mean I'm not even familiar with it. Okay, and so like like who do like who they think we are? Like how do they like how do Africans? think that we got here in America. Like like I I know when you came like when you came to America, like what was it for you to be like these are my sisters and brothers? Was it instincts? Did was you looking at um, like teachers? Was you looking at like you know um speech? Like what was it for you to click like, no, like these these my this my people too on this side in America? Uh it was the teachers it was the brotherhood and the harassment <laughs> for the police. <laughs> harassment for police. Uh, oh, my God. I used to get harassed like crazy. So, you know. Or sometimes uh, what happened, I'll go to the store, and they say, like, the owner of the store or the cashier might be a little bit condescending towards me. And then, you know, I start speaking my language and stuff, and then and they like... Oh, what language is that? And I tell them it's Mandy and stuff, whatever. And then they have a different perspective. I'll be like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 
just because I speak a different language, wants you to be different. I'm like, no, no, no. You're not getting my money. I'm out of here. Like, no. Nah. You know, why Why you got to treat me different? Because I speak a different language. You know? So that's what clicked on me, that person for me that said that, you know, we are one. I mean, if I drive a car today, the cop is not going to sit there and say, oh, you're African? Okay. Have a nice day, sir. Bye. No, he's going to speak and pull me over through, harass me through. Okay. Um, because, you know, a lot of Africans, they'll tell you, they'll be like, no, they'll tell an African-American that they're not African. They'll say, no, you're not African. <laughs> you, um, I've heard some say that, no, you're just an um, indigenous American black. Like, you just come from America. And some do. It's just some indigenous black, but it's also... Yeah, um, I agree. I agree with African-Americans that. that, you know, their origins go back to Africa. But if you don't look like, it just depends, like, what, like, it just depends what African person you're talking to. They'll look at you, they'll be like, no, it's no way that you're not, you know, you're not my people. You don't look close to me. You don't have the same features. So <laughs> they like, I don't, like, they'll, they'll really, tell you, they're really, like, no. It really depends because the, people don't understand this, like, when you live in certain tropical or climate conditions, you would tend to look different. I'll give you a perfect example. I was born in Africa, right? When I was born in Africa, I was raised here. Even some, not even going to say if I'm walking down the street in New York, in Manhattan, you see I see another Malian and stuff, he or she will not know that I'm, I was born in Africa. It's not until I open my mouth and start speaking the same language, they look at me and they say, hey, uh, you, you're not African-American? I'm like, no, I'm not African-American. They're like, Oh, you, you oh, but they kind of like get confused because of, of that perception and stuff, you know. A lot of Africans don't don't realize it. Like for example, they say if you was uh, born there, right, you will start looking like the African. If the African is born here in the United States, he'll start looking like the African American because of the climate. That's all. Because again, if you put five African Americans and five Africans, you cannot decipher who's uh, which is which. You can't. It's impossible. It's legitimately impossible, you know? Okay. Okay, um... Okay, um... But, okay. But still, like... Okay, like... how Like, how do Africans think, like, we got here? I mean, some of them... Some of them might say that... Uh, you guys is indigenous to this land, and some others don't don't know. Period at all. Okay. So it's no they're never taught. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're not taught at all. You ask them, oh. they're like, "I don't know. I wow. don't know." Wow. See, I didn't know that. I just thought that um, you know, I just thought that you know, some weren't taught, but I thought that some knew, like knew, you know. Some of the history. No, they're not. Some of them are not even told about that. They're not. Not so all, they, but there's some. When they come here, I mean, like, like when they come here, like I guess they would just assume that we all we've always been here in America, like. 
like all the black people, if they didn't come from Africa, they just were indigenous blacks here in America. Mm, it's like it's like a mixture of both, you know? Because like, I remember, I can't recall the name, but there was a guy, he said that when he came here in the 1960s and stuff, right? And I guess he tried to associate, I just feel like the civil rights era. But again, I can't recall the name. But he said that uh, when he was trying to build with some African Americans and stuff, whatever, they didn't consider him the same. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when they had like the segregation and stuff, whatever, when some of the Caucasian people would give, uh, I guess, some rights to them, or not even some rights, just say like they let them sit down on the table and stuff, whatever. A lot of African Americans ain't like that. Uh, they treat that guy really bad and stuff, you know. Yeah, and that's just, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why, you know, that's why some Af- Africans and stuff, like, not all, but some of them tend not to associate themselves with some African Americans because, only because of cultural difference, differences. Another prime example is a lot of East Africans do not intermarry with West Africans and stuff, but they respect each other, but they just don't intermarry with each other because of cultural differences and stuff, you know? And sometimes they feel that if they go and they marry in with some African Americans, not all, but with some, they won't have a respect for, like, the culture. They won't want the language and stuff, you know? So a lot of sometimes they fall back rather than within their own. But if you're, if you're, like, a type and say, hey, I want to learn the language, I want to learn the culture, so they're open, they're open, their arms, uh, open with you with open arms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, it really depends. Like, how, um, like, is it pretty easy to come... Is it pretty if you like if if you live in Africa? Is it pretty easy to come over here to America, or like what are the nah. steps? It's not easy. They got apply for a visa. That could take time. I remember one guy from Nigeria. It took him like ten years to get over here. Wow. Yeah, so. it takes some takes some time. Wow. Real time, especially what's going on now with the. You know, with the terrorists and stuff, too, it takes, a, it takes, ooh, it takes some time. Real time. Even then, this is like, you know, it's all about population control. You know, we know that. They don't want a certain uh, population over here. You know, they're not going to tell you that. So is there like, okay, when you, okay, like, when you come here to America, is there like a briefing? Is it like, okay, don't talk to those, don't talk to the black people. Stay to yourself. And you know the ever you know ever Africans, but don't talk to the American blacks. Like, is well, that a conversation I, that they that they have? That's I would tell you this. I mean, say something. Jimmy Carter had something called Memorandum Forty. I think Forty Six. Oh, I think Forty Seven. I think it was Forty Six. And and that uh, memorandum, he specifically says that he does not want Africans and African Americans associating with each other because. They know that if they come together, they will unite and they will lose gold and all uh, tradi- all, all um, minerals and precious things in Africa. So, in this case, I kind of believe so. But again, it's all media-based. Like, for instance, some Africans see, I mean, some African-Americans see Africans as poverty, again, with the pop bells like I give you. And some Africans see the VH1s with the love and hip-hop, they're being loud, respecting their family, and having kids out of wet lot, not caring for the kids and stuff, you know? 
but no one's not coming together and communicating with, with, with both. Both of them are not learning both each other, uh, both uh, both cultures, you know. So in this case, um, it's it's sometimes. I know for me, sometimes when I was growing up, uh, my mother used to be scared about me hanging with some African Americans, whatever, because um, what the news betrayed. And I had to tell her that's not the case. I said the people that you meet, it really depends on where you meet them from. If you go on like you know meeting people like in in bad areas and stuff, whatever you know. Or you hang around in a bad neighborhood, of course something's going to happen to you, you know? Or they say you, you meet someone from a college or you meet someone from uh, different... Uh, I mean, it, it really depends. That, that's not most of the case also, because you could meet someone in, uh, in a good area and they could turn out bad. So it really depends on your, on your gut feeling about that person. But I told, my, I told my family, I said, listen, I know who I, I hang with. And, you know, I do a essential uh, background whatever before I hang with somebody. And if I see the good spirit of the person, or they're for the people, then hey, they're with me. If I see them that they're not for the people, or they just don't care about themselves, or they're just selfish, I just don't deal with them. Okay. Um, do you feel like America? Do you feel like America or Africa is better? like to build for, you know, for Africans, African-Americans? That's a tough question. Because, like I said, you know, this is our land, too, you know? And just because we got certain people in power, you know, they shouldn't tell us, like, you know, tell us to, to go go back to Africa. I told them go back to Europe. You know, because they think that, you know, I mean, history proof shows that, you know, it's recorded that, they came and they they invaded here in, in in the states. It's recorded, but people don't want to acknowledge that, you know. But um, that being said, I want to ask which one is better to live in America, in Africa. That's like a tough decision because again, you live in America, you have more currency, but unfortunately, you have a lot of uh, uh, discrimination. In Africa, yeah, you can be amongst your people, but the currency is not too high. So. Uh, Again, it really depends. It really depends. That's kind of like a tough question. Okay. Um, now, is the story is the story of Massamusa is that widely known in Africa? Because I I would say within the last year and a half, you know, I found out about Massamusa, and I was like, wow! Like, how did like I can't believe like how did they kept um, kept that hidden for so long, like the richest man in the world, you know, he was a black man, and his net right. worth was, they say, $400 billion, but, you know, yeah, I believe it was more billion. than that. Mm-hmm. So how much? $400 billion. $400 billion. right. Mm-hmm. And they just kept it hidden for so long, and they don't, they never talked about, you know, Massa Musa, you know, um, and you know, for Black History or nothing, like everybody, be, everybody we get in America, they're like hand chosen. We get like hand chosen leaders um, to celebrate when it's when it's right. so much more than that. It's way more, you know. Um, but is the story of Massa Musa is that you know widely known in Africa? Um, pretty much, yeah. He's he's known because they have a they have a. Uh, Timbuktu and all the records and stuff that's being kept, all the books and everything that's that's uh, that's written. 
Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> here, you know, um, you know, here in America, that's not known at all. That's not known at all. And um, you would have to be, you would have to know somebody that you knew that or happened to run across a video on YouTube or hear somebody talking about it. That's not, you know, known at all. Like up until recently, I just started seeing um, the discover the, um, the the History Channel and a Discovery Channel, you know, doing different um, specials about Massimos and stuff. And so right. I think you know I think that story is very important because that let you know, especially the young you know the young black boys like you could be anything because at first right. you know people would be like well. Um, they were like, well, you can be the president, you know, because of Obama and stuff. People, but before Obama, people were like, no, you can't be a president. You know, that would never be a black president. You can't be that. But, you know, now that we have Obama and he's the president, so that knocks that down because we have a black president. But the right. thing with Master Musa is like, okay, you can be, you can be whatever you want to be because he's the richest man ever, you know, right. still today. So if he can do that. It's nothing you can't do, and right. I think you know for the young, for the young black boys and girls too, but mainly for the boys, like they need to hear that story. They need to hear the whole story because it wasn't just Massimus; it was a whole line of kings. Right. You know, even even I, until this day, they got some kings who's uh you know, they're in a million in billions of uh dollars, but it's just not never mentioned at all. That's why it's very important that we have our own images again. You know, that's why I make sure when I have my, my children, I would make sure I show them the images of their ancestors so they see greatness. Because if you don't have no images, then you don't have, you, you lost your knowledge yourself. You know, a lot of people don't tend to turn, tend to be great. Yeah, yes, it's very important. That's why I like, um, they go to Dr. Mayotte. She put out a DVD called Meltrack, but she's talking about all African uh, empires and stuff. I like you know? that. A lot I people, that. Yeah. Yeah, and I got the DVD itself and stuff. If you ever go on the Facebook, you see me there taking a picture with her and um, her, her children and stuff behind the voices of uh, the series, and I, and, I, and I love it because it's not being taught whatsoever. It's not. Yeah. And did you know, for example, um, I, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't even know this neither. When I was growing up, I used to love The Lion King. I love that movie so much. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until I got the consciousness when I looked down, um, uh, I guess, the history on that thing, it was about Sunetikia, which I never knew. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. But how that yep. was never mentioned. Yep. Um, and speaking on the images, I mean, um, they are still like uh, they are still um, like whitewashing and images and right. I mean, it's really terrible. Even the even like the stones, they're they're whitewashing them and, you know, recarving the images, the nose and the mouth and all that kind of stuff. So it's very right. critical that, you know, we study our history and that we are able to get pictures of the actual, you know, African features and because they are just, you know, going crazy trying right. to trying to destroy, you know, even the you know, even the stuff that we are just starting to really Grass as our own, they they study constantly trying to destroy that. Right. So, like if you well, if you Google Aztecs, nothing about the Aztec says African. You know, and um, mm-hmm. 
you know, so, you know, getting these images, um, you know, with the African features is very, it's very, um, it's very critical. Because um, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff that's getting destroyed every, every single day. Of course. Day. No, they've been doing it for thousands of years. They've been destroying our images from Kemet, from Asia, from, you know, from South America, from um, from the Middle East. They destroy freaking everything. They want to hide it. Why they got something to hide? Because they know that they show those images will be great again. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why they're hiding it, you know? What, like, what book do you recommend? Like, what books do you recommend that, you know, that people should get, if they want to know, like, the history of, we have our books, you know, we have our books over here, but what, what books do you recommend? Um, the books I recommend, uh, I recommend, uh, Dr. Ivan Van, uh, so, so some of the African presence in ancient America, it came before Columbus. Um, another book that he has is called The Game Before Columbus. Uh, the African presence in ancient America. Those are two books I recommend. Cause he's a very uh, I love that guy, man. He got some profound information, and not just information, but he got the with, with some uh, with some facts. Those are two books I recommend. Check it out, and also check out the the Black uh, in the Science, also by Dr. Ivan Van Sertoma. Are there any African sources that you recommend? Like African, uh, Spanish. Do you speak um, Arabic? I speak a little bit, not too, not too much. I speak a little bit. Do you, do you have any books that you know um, that, like in those languages, that you could recommend? Um, let me see. If I can remember. Just give me one second. Uh, I recommend. What was the name of the book? I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I just had it on my typical tongue. I don't even remember. It was from a prominent uh, uh, African. He speaks uh, French. In, the book is in French. It's in French, okay. The book is in French. Yeah, I, I can't recall the book. I'm so sorry. Like, do you know what happened? Like, what happened to, what happened to, like, what was the downfall of the Keter dynasty? Like, what happened? Okay, what happened was, after the last uh, emperor died, they had a problem with the Songhai Empire. And after uh, the Songhai was fighting them, they were fighting amongst the throne to see who's going to have, who's going to become the emperor. While that happened, the Songhai emperor, uh, Empire came and took over. So that's what caused the downfall of the, of the of the Mali Empire. Okay. Now, because you know we have um, you know Montezuma and you know the Aztec, or, um, uh, the Malian king, and right. you know he was ruling on his side in Mexico um, in the thirteen. Okay, third. I say they built about thirteen, around thirteen twenty five, thirteen forty six, um, A.D. Right. And um, let me go to it. 
Have you ever heard of Montezuma? Um, it rings a bell. It really just rings a bell. Okay, I'm going to be, this book, this is a good book. Um, it's called Mexican Pyramids by Peter, by Peter Thompson. Uh-huh. It's page four. Okay, it says, um, okay. It says, in his 50, okay, this is in his 50, when Cortez landed in Mexico, Montezuma II looked like, Look more like 40 and were described by the Spaniards as as of good height, well-proportioned, slender, and spare, with a brown complexion and hair that just covered his ears. Um, now, they say he was brown, but, like, depends. Like, it just depends, like, um, what source you read from because some of them, they have them as black, like dark, you know, dark and black to black. But this one says he was, um, this one says he was brown. Um, then it says, uh, um, his beard was thin, his, his beard was thin, black and well-shaped, giving his face an expression of both tenderness and gravity. He was, he was considered very neat and clean and affected the Spaniards by the ears and gestures of an accomplished prince. His name was an honorary title, meaning our angry looking Lord. So I don't think that's um, you know, that was his real title, but that's what this that's what this is. Because because an Aztec ruler was admonished never to laugh and joke again as he had done previous to his election and to assume the heart of an old grave and severe man. He was considered a temporary representative and mouthpiece of an invisible and personal dual divinity. You are you are the image of our Lord God and represent his person. He repose he reposes in you and he employs you like a flute through through which he speaks and he hears with your ears. Okay. Then it says, considered a learned astrologer and philosopher who was skilled in the arts. Montezuma succeeded to the Aztec throne in fifteen oh two at the age of thirty six. Elected by a council of six from from among members of his predecessor's family, chosen because of his high attainments, head of the army and other church with official with official of first speaker, Montezuma governed through a council of three. Mm-hmm. The commander of the army, known by the title of Snake Woman, the high priest, and the governor of Tetinoctitlan. Montezuma is reported to have ruled to have ruled well and administered impartially and rigor, rigorously to investigate how his ministers executed their offices. He would disguise himself and move about his um about his realm incognito. Montezuma okay, Montezuma told Cortez his forefathers had come from a land far away called Aslan where there was a high mountain and a garden inhabited by the gods. So that's a little bit on Montezuma. Like I didn't even know that Montezuma was a learned um a learned astrologer. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that neither. 
say was a learned astrologer and philosopher skilled in the arts. Okay. I didn't know that that part. Um, that's page four of the Mexican Pyramids by Peter um, Tompkins. Okay, uh, let me deep. go. Yeah. This book has a lot of... Um, Good information. There you go to. Please send that to me. I want to. I want to read that too. You want me to say it again? The title. Uh yeah. If you can send that to me. No, I, this is this is um this is hard. This is hard. Um. Oh, it's a hard copy. Hard copy. Yeah, hard copy. Okay, I could probably uh, find it online. You probably got PDF files. What's the name yeah. again? Um, it's called Mystery of the Mexican Pyramids by Peter Tompkins. Okay. Um, let me go to page fourteen. Okay, this is okay. On page fourteen, this goes into. Um, after Cortez, he came in and he's turned down um, Teotihuacan, and it right. says, um, "Have you ever heard of um, Hernan Cortez?" Yeah, I heard about him. Yeah. Okay, it says after plundering Teotihuacan, Cortez branded the faces of its inhabitants with hot irons and attempted to force um, divulgation of the location of the stable Aztec treasure. Through 15 million worth of gold was found, this represented only part of what was known to exist. For his efforts, Cortez was ennobled by the king of Spain and made Marquis of the Valley of Oaxaca mm-hmm. captain, captain general and given a large estate with 23,000 vessels. But Cortez became bitter and not having been appointed viceroy to the country he had conquered. He did grant Montezuma's son a court of Mexico City as a as a self a fifth self, and in Spain arranged for the marriage of Montezuma's surviving daughters to to members of the Spanish nobility. Having given to one of his um, subordinates as as wife. The native mistress of his adventures, La Malinche, without 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 whose intermediary efforts he could hardly have conquered New Spain, Cortez married Donna Juana de Zanaga, niece to the Duke of Bajar. So, so Montezuma, um daughter she married into her Montezuma's daughters, they married into Spanish nobility. So mm-hmm. some of the, the history is will be there, um you know. Will be in Spain. Um okay. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, now that's good. I like wow, interesting. Page 125. Because they make it seem like the Aztecs, they just vanished. Right. They was like, you speak on the Aztecs, the Mayans, the Olmecs. 
They make it seem like there's some mythical people that just up, left, vanished. Um, they had wars. They don't know what happened. Uh, no, I don't think that. So we got some, uh, you know, some of them live in Mexico today. You know, they want to deny it. But, you know, they're still there today. Okay, I'm going to go to page 147. And they identify with us, too. Okay, page 147. Um, it says, okay, it says, Surviving Indians were left without wood, water, or any way of making a living off the land in the United States. General U.S. Grant announced to his investors that 7 million assets are waiting to build railroads. The Rockefellers, um, the McCormick, the Harrison, the Gow, the Aldrichs. These are opportunities to buy sheep land and hire dirt cheap labor to operate the rail and mine concessions. So, you know, that's what happened to um, the surviving assets. They were forced. Um, they were forced into slavery to build the railroads and stuff. And um, that you know, and like some, but some, you know, they never, some never went into slavery. Like they, they managed to escape. And I guess they fled. Right. Um, they fled up north. Yeah. But, and, you know, yeah. you see, you see some of them today in uh, in Mexico and stuff. You know, they can do how they want, but you know. History, uh, history tells the truth. You know, they're still there. Um, let's go to page, I'm going to go back to page 116, just to show how, even in the, you know, like how they knew that it was a connection over here in America to Egypt and how they were comparing it. They were comparing the, um, the alphabet. Up the alphabet and even some of the um depictions that's written to them down too. Very similar. It's just that we you know with different different names and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah on page one sixteen they're basically comparing the um the Mayan glyphs to the Egyptian glyphs. So, you know, we were just only you know, only came here in slave ships and, you know, we were savages and and all this kind of all this kind of ridiculous stuff that they make up to to justify why we need Christianity and to justify the harsh treatment. Um, they, you know, it's crazy. But they, I mean, you know, they been knew, you know, like who the people are, who the people were, you know, um, like their achievements. They knew all this stuff. We just didn't know. So. Right. It's crazy, but if you get this book right here, it um it has a lot of you know a lot of good information in it. But yeah, a lot of people were converted to um you know they had, they were forced, and the ones who didn't um you know didn't want to um get be forced into Christianity, they either killed themselves or they were murdered. Mm. Um. 
else I wanted to say. I'm so glad that the truth is coming to light. Yeah. Um. That was pretty much it, like, for a question I'm looking over. Is there something that you wanted to ask me or know about um, um, Riley Bay? Any other questions? Anybody want to ask me? I don't know what. Peace, peace. Hey, peace. Indeed, um, Manta. Manta means skull can. Am I correct? He said Manta what? Manta. The word Manta means sultan, right? Uh, it can mean king. It can mean emperor. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think sultan means the same thing. Okay, now when I put that with Musa. In the Arabic, Musa is Moses, right? Correct. There's a real funny stuff there because this brother, my brother, man, from Musa, seemed more like Moses than the Moses they tried to give me in the Bible. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. So I'm starting to question that Moses and, 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 and lean toward man from Musa as being Moses. Right. You know, uh, because all of, the, all of the information they try to give me about Moses Compared to all the information they try to hide about uh, King Moses, you feel me? Mm-hmm. So what was this other Moses they give me with a with a with a with a Nubian wife? You feel me? And paintings and shit. It's real Correct. crazy. Um, and hiding the fact that that he traveled across the water is very significant in terms of their rulership power and their justification for taxing us. You feel me? Right. Uh, we could show that, uh, and this is what it was. There were some brothers from uh, brothers from from the east, and they started to have trouble with immigration, right? Right. And they came into the Washington nation. You feel me? Correct. They're from Sierra Leone, Liberia. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, what we what we based that on is that basically because they were here before. 1492, before any European came here, that this is as much their land as it is ours. Right. It's just a claim that they would make. So instead of claiming to be African American, they claim to be indigenous, and everything went away. Immigration disappeared. Mm hmm. You feel me? Because the only immigrant really? is the people that run immigration are the immigrants. And, yes. and once that once that was established, they left the brothers alone. Mm. I yield the floor. That's interesting. That's true. That's the truth, brother. That's the truth. So, Omar, like, what was it that made you come into, um, you know, conscious? He said, "What made me come to the to the conscious or conscious community?" No, what made you come into uh, consciousness? Like, what made you be like, hold on, something not right. I mean, you know, like, who, well, like. I was a security guard back then, and I was getting trained by uh, someone. And, you know, the guy who I knew, he said, I'm going to play with tape. And if you don't like it, I could sit in the back in the rain. I said, all right, no problem. And I heard the tape. 
when I heard this tape, uh, this dude was dropping profound information, you know. And uh, ever since then, I, you know, I've been on my consciousness. Okay. Um. Um. Okay. Now, the now you've heard what Ivan Van Sertiman, um, um, you know what he said, and then you heard what Horace Butler said. You know that video. Now, hearing what they, hearing what they, um, hearing what they, hearing what they said, like. What do you think that that would be enough, you know, at least a starting point to, you know, for people, you know, African-Americans to, and Africans, you know, to, you know, to be like, what? You know, to want to learn, to want to dig deeper, to be like, hold on, what is he talking about? What do you think that that would be, you know, a good starting point? Um, I mean, make sure. Talking about like for like individuals or just like teaching wise, I mean, um, like I mean, both. I guess the front. Like both, like say for instance, you know, you was in the room and then you saw I I met certain man coming on, you heard him speak, you right. know, and then you know, and then when do you think that would be enough? Like, I mean, you know, all the things that he mentioned in the video, I highly recommend everybody to go and just investigate yourself, you know. And, you know, because he's he dropping some profound information and no one can deny it. You know, he just got, because people try to test him, too. You know, they try to put him, uh, try to put him down and say he's lying. But, you know, they ain't want to debate him. Because he's telling the truth and stuff, you know. Indeed. How he, huh? I said, indeed. Ivan Van Sardar. Ivan Van Sardar was, was told by the government that he wanted to go deeper. You feel me? He was from right. Guyana. They told him if he go deep and start talking too much more about the Moors, they was going to deport him. Oh, wow. That's a fact. That's a fact. I remember some of them wanted to go deeper than that and go into what we was talking about, being that he was from Guyana. So he knew about the right. black water and he knew about the black water and all that, Rio Negro and all that. They told him if he continues with that, they was going to deport him. Wow. Ain't that something else? No doubt. Ain't that something else? So we had to we had to pick up pick up where he left off, you know, like Horace right. Butler and them did. Because Horace right. Butler's book would have been Horace Van Sertimer's book, but they told him they was going to deport. They can't deport Horace Butler. Right. <laughs> um, that's you know, I mean, it just baffles me because a lot of the it's like. I, don't, I I just don't get how people just can't how they have such a hard time. I mean, I can get it to a degree, but you know, it's just like I don't. I mean, part of me is not understanding like why is information um, so hard for people to accept it as facts, and why are people so quick to come against it and be like, no, this is pseudo. That's like the new word, pseudo. Yeah, man. I, I don't. <laughs> Keep pushing that stuff, man. You know, it's not, it's just unfortunate. It's just like you know, I like they'll go what everything. Hey, they'll believe what what the Westerners said. But if I come and say that and say that this is what the Dogons or what the Malians or this is what the ancestors said, they'll still call that figure pseudo, which is crazy. 
Because how can you call these guys pseudo and they and they built tremendous pyramids and tremendous like structures and stuff that you came and built yourself but you got the nerve to call them pseudo. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, this knowledge, um, this knowledge been here long, you know, long ago, and it's not been taught, you know, through the schools. It's not even been taught, and you might get lucky and get some of it in college, but people right. I know that go to college, they're like, did you hear this, any of this? They're like, nope. They're like, what are you talking about? Mm. Right. So, yeah, it's, you know. Um, that's why I'd be on Facebook. I'd be posting so much <laughs> because it's so important that we know that you know we know our history on both sides. It's very, it's very important. It's very, very important that we do. You know. Um. Did you get a chance to look at the Hittites? Yeah, no. yeah. I was reading uh, uh briefly and stuff. Uh, like, it's, like I said, it's some profound information. Very interesting. Yeah, because um, it's a lot of information on the Hittites, which are the Kedis that's in Canada. So you know, I gotta look more into that because I believe there was some type of um, some type of war that happened, you know, up in Canada. They have a lot of information because um, I did a show on the Hittites um, like a year ago, not even knowing like this stuff I know now, and I was just because. They had the Hittites under Native Americans, right? Right. So, and I just did a show thinking I'm talking about <laughs> Native Americans, and I, you know, and I came across a lot of information that was, you know, that was in Canada, and I was like, how they got all this information in Canada? And then they were just um, showing, comparing different languages between um, the Hittites and the Basque. They were showing that connection and the, the 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 culture and stuff like that and I was like wow but I never got a chance to go and see like what happened was there some type of war did they have um did the Kedis um have some you know have a kingdom uh in Canada so you know right. I didn't I didn't um you know research that part um had you got a chance to like cuz a lot of history is in that bible and a lot of people are afraid to, like, they, you know, they just think, well, I'm not a Christian, so I'm not touching the Bible. But the history is in the Bible. And, um, like, some Christians, they won't touch the Quran, but a lot of the history is in the Quran. Right. So they just look at it like, you know, relig- um, religion books, but that's actual word-for-word history. And a lot of people say, well, the Bible, um, the people in the Bible, they're not real. Every person in that Bible is real. Every person. Their names may not be right. You know, they right. some of the story might be um might be mixed. Um we, um we did lose a lot of um a lot of meaning through translations. Um there are some scriptures that do repeat. But if you're diligent and you do your research, you you'll get a lot of history you know, out of the Bible. Um, and the Quran, and then you know, um, some things they put in the Bible to purposely throw you off and to make you give up and be like, you know what, well, this this is too hard. It's it's like um, trying to solve a puzzle with two thousand pieces, and right. so 
you just got to stay, you know what I'm saying, you just got to stay focused and you got to stay diligent. And, like, don't be afraid to read the Bible. Don't be afraid to read the Book of the Dead. Don't be afraid to read the Pyramid Text. Don't be afraid to read the Quran. Any book, like, don't be afraid because the very book that you're afraid of will be the very book that you need, you know, to unlock your history. All right. Because some some of us are just like, um, are just like, and like live in a box. Like, if 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 it's something outside this box, I'm comfortable with. Like, no, I ain't touching it. I ain't reading it. I don't want to hear it. And um, I mean, it's very hard for someone who's coming, you know, into this knowledge, and they're trying to get their family and their friends um, to embrace them. And their family and friends are like, what? Like, no, like you're crazy. Like, I don't want to hear that. So that's why, you know, it's very important that all of us, you know, that come into this knowledge right here really um, stick together and give each other, um, you know, encouragement, and you know, because that's, I mean, if like, this right, this stuff that we're learning and that we're teaching, this stuff is not for um, the faint-hearted. Like, you really got to be strong and you really got to be determined because, I mean, it's people out here that will come at you, like, so hard. Like, your own people will come at you so hard. And you'd be like, your family, your friends, and you'd be wanting to give up. But, you know, like me, I can't, you know, my family there, they're pretty, um, they're, they're all right. You know, some stuff I could tell them, some stuff I can't. But some people's family, they ain't trying to hear nothing. Like, it's like you almost, like, um, isolated. And you'd be like, man, I'm just about to go back to my old way of living because, you know, this new stuff is, is, is causing problems with my family and my friends and people in my community. But right. you got to be strong, you know, and then you got to hang around like-minded people who want to be in the know that, you know, they don't want to be just go along or be a follower, you know. Right. Um, that's pretty much it for, um, you know, all, all my questions, you know, that, did you have any questions you wanted to ask me or um um Nobel Tara Ali Bay? Uh, um no, I don't have uh-huh. any I, I heard I heard uh, like I listened real good and the questions you asked are, are good. So now I don't have a lot of questions, so I just like to wanna keep building on what we building on and make sure that we always connected with the East as we build on it because this is what's going to break them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to also uh, emphasize, we can go back to a class that we did um, dealing with Negro slaveholders. And we had a Carter G. Whitson uh, uh, book of Negro Journal, 1872. And we found that our people owned a lot of slaves in a lot of states. And they weren't just free in their families. And then these bloodlines of some of these people were today's reverence who um, enslaved the people in the church to this day. So our, our um, problem dealing with this sometimes is our own people have uh, taken an oath to keep this a secret and um, run things along and protect their son. Remember, the country was started by 37 more than 22 European sons. So 
Now we don't see the Moors anymore. They put Barack Obama back in. But the European sons definitely are being protected by the, uh, I would call the Negro. And Negro still is rampant today in the Mason Temple. He did, he did the masonry on here, and he did the masonry in the East, in, um, in, in Africa. He showed the leaders and which leaders were masons. And so all of that ties in to hiding information, mummies the word, and keeping people from elevating to the, to the heights that they can so they can stay in power because they want to have uh, people like that who are, who follow things are not dangerous. They'll just get there, they'll do what they're told or whatever. You got to remember that in the second degree of masonry is about a lot of stuff we'll be talking about. But they don't want people to know that. And the Masonic books are really, really heavy information that our mother was supposed to teach us that they took from us. Mason is mother's son. Mason, my son. So in the fellowship craft, they're talking about the Anunnaki, and they're talking about Enlil and Enki and the Sumerians. Right. Information that uh, most people don't get to see. And we really have to understand that our people are one, and we got separated through this, what they call the slave trade. And our empires were put to the side and replaced with uh, lies and having us as savages. But from what I remember and from what we researched and we brought it to the table as a fact, when they came over here, for my, for my people that was here, they were, can, they were cannibals and they ate us. They ate the Taino. And when they got on the mainland, they started eating us. And they had Indian steaks. And they said that uh, if you're not Christian, you're not human, so we can eat you. Which would make people convert. And people were converting so they wouldn't die. They didn't convert because they had really been saved or saw Jesus or anything like that. They were forced to convert. And if you didn't convert, you were going to be killed. So this is what, what Christianity did over here. And our ancestors are in their stomach. This is a form of witchcraft that they use to come over and grab us and chop us up and eat us and cook us and say the Lord's Prayer. And this still goes on today with the Lord's Prayer. That's why people eat fish on Friday because they want the people to stop eating human beings. Columbus told uh, Anna Cajona, this is the most non-human food that we have ever seen. And after they finished eating, then they attacked the tiny ones and tried to kill them. They were also more. So all of this has been hidden in our lives, have been uh, interfered with because growing up with, in, with inferiority and not knowing people here are told that their ancestors and we come from slaves. I said, how we come from slaves when slavery was in the 1600s, 1700s? I said, what about the kings and the, and the queens and the dynasties? That's our ancestors. The people that raised and civilized you, uh, the Grimaldi men that went into Europe and, and raised you and civilized you because basically the Moors had left them over in, in Europe, some of them, and, 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 and they got found 
started demolishing that. He raised the civilized and gave the uh, Freemasonry also and the Masonry. Uh, also, though, we find that some of this knowledge that they said was in Europe happened over here. And um, we're still bringing that to the table. And this is where we are with it. So I hope everybody understands that we're not finished because it took them a long time to create history to eliminate the facts. We're putting the facts back on the table. And we're going to do that with our brothers and our sisters from the East. I'm going to make sure that there's not going to be no conflict. And also, the people who are Freemasons or whatever, they're going to have to fall in line because of the fact that they have the knowledge with them understanding that protects the uh, European sun from being eliminated as being some type of savior or somebody that raised us up and civilized us. That's just not the case. I hear the floor. Yes. Hey, brother. That's a powerful thing to start with. Appreciate it, much appreciate it, brother. Oh, indeed, my brother. Queen Tanya? Yeah, I'm here. Is there anybody else that any questions uh, for Omar? What happened to the brother from Los Angeles and his question? I don't think he wanted this call. I think he just happened to come upon his call accident. Okay. That's it, right? Um, that's, um, I mean, that that was all my questions, and, um, Omar didn't, doesn't have any, um, questions, um, you don't, you don't have any more questions, right? No, um, I don't have no questions. Nobel, um, to Raleigh Bay. No, I'm good, I'm good. I, I listen very well. I don't have any, I don't have any questions, because you asked a lot of good questions. And the brother answered them very thoroughly, so. Yeah, I want to um, thank you, Omar, for coming on and, you know, um, letting me um, interview you and stuff. You know? Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Like I said, I'm here for you guys. Come in. Yeah. Um, Stay here. Yeah, I'm just. I'm very, I'm um, very thankful you came on. Um, no problem. Likewise. Nobel um, Sorelli Bay, can you close us out? Indeed, indeed. Today we're going to close out this class. The class is about to end. We want everybody to know that you can download this in exactly one hour. And also, in the future, we're going to have more classes dealing with this because we're still gathering information. Uh, Brother Omar has given you information to get in contact with him. We want y'all to uh, keep in contact with him also and use those numbers and those apps to deal with the, the programs and the, and the honors that we're bringing to us. We want to thank everybody for coming today. Peace and Islam to all the optimists of the community necessary in the building and all the brothers, all the kings, the Moors, Everybody, we want to thank y'all for coming today. Also, Brother Omar, we're going to let him know we are so honored to have you here. And we want you to come back in the future with more knowledge and we're going to build again because we got so much more to do. Thank everybody for coming. And I'm Norbert Rowdy Bay. I'm here with the Optimist of Venice, the Unity Nestle here, 
Time to chase the brother Omar, and we're starting off right now. Peace in the we will be back. Shaquan. All right. Peace and love. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.